For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings, come out and Listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. Skull, 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 and skull some more. This is Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney, who played left tackle for the Vikings for 10 years, and he's a Super Bowl champion. He won that ring with the Ravens. Also got Ron Saw, Sally Hag, and Josh Amex is our guest tonight. He's a Vikings fan. He's going to talk some training camp stuff with us. We're going to get into the Cousins and Mond COVID vaccination stuff because it's absolutely unavoidable for a show like this or anything in the Vikings orbit. And in some more apropos topics on the Vikings week, right after our steam of talking with Mike Tice is what we'll cover tonight. But first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Feel free um, to check out betonline.ag. If you're into sports betting, betonline is where you should go to win money today. Uh, whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, information for all of your online betting needs. For example, the NBA Finals future prop bet for next summer has the Lakers as the front runner, uh, three to one odds. The Nets are thirteen to four, so right there with the Lakers and the Warriors and Bucks are at nine to one. So if you've got faith in Lakers, Nets, Warriors, Bucks, or other, slide on over to BetOnline.ag and put your money where your mouth is. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are back on Believe in Vikings on a post-Mike Tice show. We had him on last week. He was absolutely marvelous. We're getting back into training camp stuff because training uh, camp began last week. And we started off with these three glorious days of cool stuff, thing, cool things happening, rookies falling out. And then it just hit a wall, and it's just been all garbage news since turmoil. Will he or won't he get vaccinated? And all this uh, malarkey. Um, but we have Josh Amix. I hope I said that correct. Uh, you are our special guest tonight, sir. You're a fan of the Vikings, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, as you mentioned already, I'm a fan of the Vikings. Um, I moved here from Tennessee, and I didn't really have a team until I moved here. So, that's the name Tennessee. That's right, Minnesota. It just was a natural fit. Um, so that was how I became a fan. And through being a fan of the Vikings, I met Sally and we're pretty close friends outside of fandom. So I'm glad to be here. Okay. And how'd you meet Sally? Um, I actually met Sally through other friends um, at tailgating. So Ooh, that was kind of okay. cool. So, okay. 
Wolf, I, we appreciate you joining us. We're going to get into a plethora of topics, so hopefully you brought your A-game, sir. All right, so here's the first thing. I, I really want to ask BMAC about this. Um, up until today, our two offensive linemen that we drafted in the 2021 NFL draft, left tackle Christian Derisaw, who we spoke to about two months ago, and hopefully starting right guard Wyatt Davis, were injured um, or just a little banged up, so to speak. So they didn't get any training camp for week one. Lo and behold, prepping for the show today, they're back. Um, they got some action in today. So BMAC does one week for a rookie not in training camp. Is that a big deal? Will it hurt their prognosis to start week one, in your opinion, big man? Remember I missed the whole uh, training camp? In <laughs> well, I know. Game. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered that. But in your experience with your teammates. But, uh, no, one week, I don't think so. Um, even though they do have a shorter preseason for the games, they still have the same amount of times uh, as far as preparation before their games. So I don't think one week could do anything. Um, they still got probably, what, another two weeks before they have to play a first preseason game. So, I mean, he still has time. He has two weeks. I feel like two weeks gives you a good time to, you know, get a feel for people you're playing against and then start to understand the guy a little bit next to you. Like, y'all can start building a little camaraderie. But um, being a week, no, week out, no, because they just probably get, got in the pads. In the last couple of days, they yeah. weren't they weren't even a full pad yet, so okay. they didn't miss too much. Being mm-hmm. a full pads is where it's a difference. Like okay. when, you, when you know the other stuff, it's kind of like half tempo stuff like that. But full pads is really the real game shape. When you were so, in your second or third year, um, did the preseason really was that really a big deal in terms of getting your neck right, getting your legs right, or um, for me, like the first. The first two games, yeah. Um, by the third game, I kind of had a feel for everything. But, you know, that's the game you play the longest because the fourth game you're not going to play. But um, I don't know how they're going to do that this year. That's normally how it goes. But um, first two games for me always gave me an idea of, okay, I feel if I feel good at the second game, third game, I pretty much know I pretty much everything down packed. As um, far as the new plays, just – uh, playing next to the person next to you for the past four or five weeks, uh, things like that. So he'll, he'll come around. And then he's been out, so he'll be eager to like to pick up on things faster because of the fact that he hasn't been able to be actually on the field. And then from your experience, like obviously like, you know, majority of your time here, um, or maybe not a majority, but a good chunk of your time, it was you and Hutchinson there on the left side with no interruptions. We knew plug it in, left tackle, left guard, there was no problem. So based on the Vikings kind of scrambling and putting these guys, different combinations out there, what are your thoughts on how that could impact, um, like just one guy, like learning a spot and getting up to speed on it rather than just, all right, we're going to try out this combination, try you out It's better to have that one guy be in that spot, let him get comfortable comfortable with that and comfortable with the person next to him instead of moving like all these people around like you want to have your front five and you have two additionals who can be floaters and fill in a different position but you don't want to be scrambling everybody around because one person can hurt so now you're readjusting the whole line no you have these two people who are like your wingmen and you plug them in into the spots where people get hurt don't move people out of position and all that other stuff and I feel like Coach Tice kind of said that too last week but it's better that way because you've been practicing and you've been that's, that's what you've been doing all Training camp. So I see the Vikings have somebody gets hurt. They'll take the starting left tackle, move from somewhere. Like, don't do that. Just you yeah, should have two backups somewhere who can float, right. who can play like a multiple position and allow them to just fill into those spots instead of because now you you just readjusted the whole line for one injury. Like, you know, it's, it's unnecessary. 
And does that make a difference to like what, whether like obviously a veteran, like say for yourself, you were a left tackle your entire career. If they would have asked you to move to the right side at the end of your career. Listen, when I went to Baltimore, I made it very clear. Don't, they, don't have me come there. Right. Honestly, the man got a whole movie, the blind side and all that, but I'm not coming there if you want to make me play right tackle. So yeah, no, I'm not, I'm vocal. So I ain't going to do it. Because would you ever look bad at a position that I'm not comfortable with? Right. Would you have ever been a left tackle for a left-handed quarterback? Like, or would you have then switched over to the right side? No, I'd have still been left tackle. Okay. He so would probably been the very is a very few left-handed quarterbacks. So right. Was that a matter of your preference? Sorry, was that a matter of your preference, Brian? Or was that just that's like, all I learned? I never played right tackle. So that like when I first had to learn the position, I played defensive end in high school. So when I had to learn offensive line, left tackle was it. And it took me forever because I wasn't a left-handed person and everything had to do from the opposite stance. So once I finally got that down, it was like, nah. And I, I could do right hand, but I just I felt so much more stronger because I'm I've been doing it all these years. But right just I don't know, just when it felt. So when people try to say like it's as simple as just moving um O'Neill from right tackle to left tackle, it really is not that simple. Those people who say it's simple is because they never did it. It's not that simple. <laughs> right. It's the video like, game era. <laughs> right. So it's like imagine you doing something with your right hand all the time and all of a sudden somebody like, oh it's just as simple. Just start doing it with your left now. Like, no, it's not. It's like your the whole body, everything is totally different. It's used to doing something once you, know, you have to be ambidextrous for it to be simple. <laughs> Hey Josh, I'm gonna guess and correct correct the record if I'm wrong. I'm gonna guess that you'd prefer Darasaw and Davis to start Week One, but I want to know since you follow this team intently, like the rest of us, what do you predict um, will be starting LT one and RG one against Cincinnati? Um, I'm gonna trust Bryant uh, saying and cross my fingers and hope that what he said is true. That it doesn't matter that much that they're not practicing right now. Because, uh, you know, no offense to Dakota Dozier, if he's listening, no offense, but I don't think we want him starting week one. <laughs> yeah. So I would prefer Wyatt Davis and, uh, you know, Darisaw, of course, but I have a feeling that it's probably not going to be both of them. Um, <laughs> we'll probably get someone else at left tackle and hopefully Davis, uh, right guard, since he's starting to practice soon. So okay. hopefully that happens. I trust, I trust. My faith is in BMAC that it doesn't matter right <laughs> well, now. Well, listen, I'm saying I'm – t- I'm speaking off my experience. Like, I don't well, you're know all pro. That's not to say. You know, people be saying that they got mental issues and they can't do stuff. I don't know. Me, yeah. I know how to get through things and get it done. I don't, I can't speak for everybody. Bryant <laughs> does not need a training camp. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sally, uh, Bryant said that the one week – uh, absence of Darisaw and Davis shouldn't be too detrimental to their prognosis of starting, if that is the plan at all. Um, How many days of pads did they miss? One. Yeah, that's not nothing. Not two, right? <laughs> Monday and today. They didn't have pads on Monday. NFL doesn't allow it. Oh, nice to meet you, Karen. They don't allow you to have pads on Monday? <laughs> what? Um, the rules have, are different. <laughs> yeah, when you have a day off, they make you, uh, <clears throat> at least this year, if you have a day off, which the Vikings did Sunday, then the pads don't go on the following day. Where, did, where was these rules when I played? I remember we, when I got there, it was two times a day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's different. So, Sally, were you are, are were you are you spooked at all that these two um, solutions that we're supposed to have on the offensive line that are rookies um, just didn't play at all last week, or is it is it a calm down situation? 
I'm not too concerned yet. I mean, I think we have bigger concerns um, at this time. So maybe they're just not on my radar as much as they should be. Uh, but didn't um, Darisol practice today? They both did. Oh, yeah, yeah. They both did. So, I mean, no, I'm not that worried about it. How did they look at practice? I think they, I mean, I only saw limited stuff since I wasn't there. I saw limited stuff on Twitter, but I didn't hear any horror stories, and that's the important right, takeaway. So that's good. Yeah. They're they probably a little more fresh than everybody right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, <clears throat> Ron. So the other topic that percolated beginning Saturday. So I was driving up to training camp on Saturday, and that's four-hour drive from my don't home. Go my, your, your bed my home in South Dakota. And uh, as soon as I check my phone after that four hour drive, the alert that I have from Bleacher Report is that we don't have any quarterbacks to play that night, uh, except for Jake Browning, uh, who did a commendable job on Saturday. Um, so since then, out of a, all of a sudden, it feels like our head coach uh, is really adamant about his players being vaccinated. And I never would have predicted that in a million years uh, would be part of his tool bag being, you know, pro vaccine. Uh, I'm certainly down with it. Um, but do you think that, Ron, that Zimmer has been too open about uh, taking, you know, pot shots sort of at his team for not being vaccinated? You know, I don't think so. And um, nor do I think it's out of his norm. I, I mean, he's notoriously like called out players who spend time in the cold tub. Like you can't make the team like, you know, if you're if you're hurt. Um, so I think this you know, the vaccine or not, like the, that issue is availability. And if you're putting your availability in jeopardy, he, as the head coach has a right to chime in on that. Like, Hey, his job's on the line. Like we all know that we've talked about it. Like if he doesn't make the playoffs, he's likely out. So if you're in charge of running an organization, at least from his level, you want your best players out there and you don't want that pushback of, um, you know, in this case, it is the vaccine, but it could be other things. What if it were came down to um, rehabbing of an injury? Like he is very well in his rights to um, to talk about that. And because it is his team. So um, I actually like the, the openness and honesty of it, uh, because for, you know, everything that's out there for all the players and it doesn't matter who it is, whatever, everyone does have their right. I get that. But the superior, their boss does have the right of like calling them out on that. Like if I'm, I have um, employees that are calling in sick, guess what? I can say something about it. So um, I actually like that he's bringing it up now because I think it does kind of at least um, opens the floodgates prior to the season because, you know, I joked around about it a few weeks ago. It would be a very Minnesota-like fashion <laughs> for things to be rolling and, you know, someone gets knocked out due to COVID and we have, you know, Jake Browning taking snaps. We have the, what's the new case, Cooks, Cookus, whatever. <laughs> like, like that. that's a very Minnesota situation where yeah. you get someone who just has to go in because they're not supposed to. So, um or hopefully it doesn't bleed into this season, but I don't think that it's going anywhere. One thing Mike Zimmer is not is a diplomat. Uh, he's not, he doesn't dance. He'll, he'll flat out say he doesn't want to talk about something, but he doesn't mince words. And that's been his claim to fame since I've known of him. Um, Bryant, I've also wanted to pick your brain on this. Now, uh, I personally, I guess you'd say I'm pro-vaccine. I, I, sometimes I'm astonished that I have to announce that I want the pandemic to end and therefore I, I support vaccines. I don't know what you personally are, um, but if this was, if you were still playing and you had maybe 30% of the locker room was steadfast about getting a vaccine, 
would that divide a locker room or do you think it would just be to each man their own and let's do our I think it'd be to each man their own um because I think some people are just you know every man-made medicine has its side effects and I feel like a lot of people don't know so some people are trying to wait to see what the side effects are I guess um even though you have plenty of vaccines for the measles smallpox like that people have taken in the past but I guess more people kind of educate themselves in a holistic way so I, I, I do know there are players who would rather take their elderberry, their zinc and things like that and try to fight and build up their immune system that way instead of taking the vaccine. So people just people do things for different reasons. Um, so that's why some people are against it. Some people aren't. Um, are you personally spooked by the vaccine? Am I spooked by it? I, just don't, I feel like it was created so fast. I don't know what's in it yet. You know, so I think a lot of people kind of just kind of waited and are waiting just to kind of see anything <laughs> abnormal that may happen first before they just, you know, decide to dive in and take it. But eventually, I feel like a lot of people want to take it. Okay. With the penalties that come from, you know, if the Vikings were to have to forfeit a game or something like that, would that influence your decision to get it? Well, this is the thing, really. Um, That's a great question. I have my person who does my rehab for my shoulder. I can't go to her this week because she took the vaccine and she has COVID. So it still doesn't mean that you can't get it. You know what I'm right. saying? Basically, what it's saying is you won't die from it. So right. you still that's are, a big deal. Still well, it's like, get it, you know, so yeah. regardless of vaccine or not, anybody can still they still have to forfeit a game if somebody has it because they still got a quarantine and everything else. It's just your the way it affects you shouldn't be as bad. So right. vaccine and or I not, think anybody that's can the, still get it. And I don't want people to feel like they took the vaccine that they're immune to it because you're not. Right. And that's where, like, I think the, like, I find it laughable because people don't understand apparently 95% is not 100%. It's like birth control isn't 100% effective, yet people still get pregnant. Um, So it's, uh, like, I find that funny because, yeah, to your point, it's mainly, like, it'll help because now instead of being 100%, not 100%, but more susceptible to it now, it reduces that risk. But, yeah, then it mitigates the And I think think when people take the vaccine, they almost feel like they're immune now. Like, oh, I took yeah. the vaccine, I'm good. And they even, our whole government was telling people, if you took the vaccine, you got to wear a mask. Now it's put your mask back on, even if you took the vaccine, because you can you can catch it and still be a carrier and give it to others. So yeah. basically the vaccine just saves you from potentially dying. Right. And we're, we're doing this to protect the vulnerable. Um, so when once, right. once we're vaccinated, you know, whether you're 20 or 80, um, you're probably not going to die. But as Brian said, I can still be at age 37. I can still be a host of it. But if Barbara, who's 71 and with COPD, she can get it from droplets in my throat from me breathing. And if she doesn't have the vaccine, then she could conceivably die. Right. So it's the collective community part of a pandemic that really gets dicey with the individual choice part. Uh, Sally. So Zimmer is being, uh, has been, very blunt about this topic. I know that you uh, you like Zimmer on some things. Some sometimes he gets on your nerves. Uh, you want to weigh in on him in this regard? Um, honestly, I don't really think the criticism that he's getting for this is fair. I haven't heard him call out any players specifically by name. He has talked about the quarterbacks, but that is because that's already common knowledge and that's already out there. Given the situation that came to light on Saturday, he has not named anyone else. And I think that we can all remember times in the past where he did criticize players, as Ron said, for not coming back. Sharif Floyd is one that comes to mind who he was very harsh on. 
who it turned out later had nerve damage and never came back from his injury, who he was very stern with, very visibly frustrated. This, I, there's obviously a frustration, but you can tell it kind of comes from a place of concern. I believe it's concern for his job, but it's a, it seems more than that to me. It seems to me that he is genuinely concerned about safety in his locker room and also unity. Um, the players that we know are unvaccinated, the seven, um, they're all vocal leaders in, in the locker room. They're all veterans. They're all guys that we talk about on this show every single week. And um, that's got to have a trickle-down effect on everyone else. Um, so, it, yeah, of course, it is a personal choice. I mean, I even heard him mention his new grand uh, grandbaby twins the other day that he would, is concerned if somewhat how it were passed to their mother or something like that. He, he seems to me like he really genuinely cares. So I don't really feel the criticism is warranted. He's not bashing anyone. Um, I think he's going to keep getting asked about it. And now he has the lowest percentage in the league. So I think your point on, you know, the leaders that we perceive or theorize aren't vaccinated, the trickle down effect is palpable because boom, we have the lowest vaccination rate in the NFL. I think the only thing that Zimmer did, uh, that, you know, that would be considered like, ooh, oh my goodness, is he was, I think they were trying to get him to say who the unvaccinated players was. And he invited the media to come see who gets tested when they come into the facility. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of like, a, you know, do your investigation there, homie. Uh, so I have, I have one more question for yeah. Brian before related to this, before we yeah. move on to something okay. else. Um, I saw, and I don't want to over paraphrase, but I saw that Ryan Tannehill of the Titans basically said that, um, he wouldn't have gotten vaccinated if it weren't for the possible penalties and that it was more of like a, you know, I want to avoid this penalty for my team, like right. a leadership thing. Like, is that something that you think would cause issues in the locker room from our quarterback possibly not doing that? <laughs> no, I think everybody kind of respect in a situation like this. I think everybody has uh, respect for each other's own um, decision with this. Because um, everybody has different feelings on it. Um, what if it ended up in a game having to be forfeited because of an outbreak? Would then it possibly influence? Well, it also depends on who the outbreak comes from. It could come from a vaccinated person too. I think the the main no, thing, the like the reason is, why you're trying to get the percentage of the locker room to a certain amount so that there is immunity in the locker room, so that if someone does get sick, it doesn't spread. But this is what I keep trying to say: there is no such thing as immunity. You right. really can get it with the vaccine. Yeah, I think it's more so no. for the NFL rules. Like if, because uh, that's, that's why, all it is, um, is rules. There's no immunity. Right. I told you my, for, the person who does my rehab, they have it now. They right. they're like, yeah, hear me get it. It's I, like you hear me, you hear me got the vaccine and you got it now. It's and more so for the uh, the players that like if they're deemed co- close contact. Like if someone does get it, and if you don't have it and you're in close contact with that person. Then, like what happened with Cousins, Kellen Mond, who's vaccinated, had it, and oh, then Cousins didn't oh. have. Oh, oh he's not vaccinated. Oh, he's not. I thought that they said he was vaccinated. Oh, was but vaccinated. anyway, so Cousins might not have any symptoms, and clearly he hasn't, and he's tested negative because um, he's able to come back tomorrow. But because he was in close contact with Kellen, if he was vaccinated in close contact, he would have been allowed to practice. That's what led Jake Browning to be being the only one able to practice because he. 
So I think that's what it more so it's not going to be like a Denver Broncos situation last year where they have to pull up a practice squad receiver to play quarterback. Uh, the league's just going to cancel the game and uh, the team that is the cause of it's going to have to forfeit. So um, availability is, is going to be key this year. All right, we'll, we'll move on to the next uh, segment, so to speak. Josh, you've been following training camp, uh, presumably. Who is your front runner for Mr. Mankato or Mr. Egan, whatever we're calling him now? Sally already knows who I'm going to say. Um, we were at the night practice. I know you were there. Um, mm-hmm. My guy, Wop. I got to go with Wop. Yeah. Wop Filer, that's, that's my Mr. Mankato nominee. Um you know, I didn't realize until, you know, I watched him in, at practice or whatever, but I looked up some of his stats and uh, he had a, actually a really good junior year at Indiana. So um, if if he could pull through and, you know, be a wide receiver four or something like that, you know, it seems like he was making some plays out there. He's got a good personality. You know, we need another personality on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that just brings extra, extra, and wide receivers are known for flair anyway. That He's got the flair. We, we love that. Yeah, he, he certainly does. Sally, who's yours? You're smiling over there the whole time. I mean, I this is the problem. I knew he was going to say WAP. I knew it since I saw the questions, and I still can't come up with anyone else. That's how much I love WAP. So. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it was, you were smiling in agreement. Well, let me clear the air here, Ron, on something really quick, because Ron and I were texting on Saturday about he wanted to come to night practice, but it was sold out. I bought Tennessee and his girlfriend a ticket the day that they went on sale. I we Tennessee and I are getting ready to go into the game, and I'm like, let me give you your ticket. He goes, oh, I already have mine. I bought them. <laughs> I was so upset that I did not find out until five minutes before because, Ron, I would have hooked you up. So All right, well, let's see how they're doing me dirty, Brian. Just no, like no. they did you. They're doing me dirty that. just like they did you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that too. But um, I was telling Dustin on Sunday, like it was more so like with uh, the two kids and like, like I didn't buy the ticket because it's more so I don't know if it's uh, if I was a hundred percent able to, to make it work. So um, if it would have, like, it would have been kind of a like five o'clock. All right, great. I, I would be able to make it. But uh, before that it was hard to commit. So no worries. Um, I wish I could have been there. It would have been nice um, to kind of get together. But are you uh, coming on no Saturday, worries. Ron? Um, no plans to, <laughs> um, but I was going to say, I'll apologize in person. If you're coming on Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may have a little bit more flexibility this weekend than last weekend. So we'll t- see. I can tell you, Ron, from personal experience, you're about three and no, all you're about four, three or four years away from getting out of that dicey. What time of night is it territory? They can, they can start to go the distance at about age, age four, four and a half. So yeah. Not too far away. Um, yeah. I, my Mr. Mankato slash Egan to date uh, work in progress is KJ Osborne. And that is because we live in this immediacy era where if a rookie has issues or fumbles punts or doesn't get on the offense, he sucks. We're never going to see from him again. It's a bust. What the hell's wrong with his general manager anyway? That's, that's what we do. And uh, he didn't. Osborne didn't have any real expectations coming into this training camp and he's making some plays. Now that doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to make the team, but I think that we collectively as a Vikings entity might have written him off too soon. Uh, He wasn't like an undrafted dude. Nobody heard of. Uh, He came from the 2020 draft and he might just be one of those rookies that took a little time to get acclimated. Like, you know, have a preseason or have a training camp that uh, doesn't feel makeshift. So 
Uh, I think he's the front runner for me, although uh, Ole Udo seems to be making strides for the right guard position. Um, I want to see how that parses out because it seems like a Zimmer tactic throughout his time here, where if a guy is in year three, you start playing the heck out of them in meaningless situations to see what you have before you cut them. It's kind of like what happened with Aviante Collins. So I hope that's not what's happening to Ole, and it seems like it's not, but we shall see. Ron, who's your Mr. Mankato? Well, I think you actually just mentioned the two of them um, oh, okay. between Osborne and yeah. uh, and Udo. Um, and for me, I would I'd give it to Udo. I think um, because it's a little unexpected in the sense that you know coming into training camp, we were kind of thinking it was either going to be kind of Wyatt Davis or unfortunately Dakota Dozier vying for that right guard spot. So the fact that he kind of inserted himself um, as a, a right guard and you know to brian's point earlier like he's been a tackle his entire career so um I, and the fact that he looks like he's been playing well um obviously he's getting the reps um i know i was one that said that wyatt davis i think is the best guard on on the roster but i don't know if he'll be the initial starter um due to um just his experience and um, not being a first round draft pick like Darisa is, but I would have never guessed that Udo would be that one kind of coming in to potentially take that job. But uh, I mean, Hey, as long as he doesn't look like Drew Samia did in that, in that uh, Twitter clip that went viral yesterday, um, you know, like, you know, why not give him a shot at least uh, as a placeholder for, uh, for a little while. Bryant, do you remember Mr. Mankato or is that like a fan driven thing? I think we did have something, Mister. We had like a we had a whole award show at the end of training camp in there, and I think Mister. Mankato might have been in there. It was it was Mister. Ugly. It was a whole bunch of different awards. Like <laughs> oh, we got to hear about it. Right. Only man award. It, Time it out. Was. Time out. We got to hear about these. Yep, we got to hear I about. I can't remember all NBA of them. But we like the next time we have a guest, a former player. They'll tell you, yeah, yeah. it was like an ugly man award. It was like different awards. They would have remembered that. It was, was it a coach who dished these out, or did you guys vote on them? I guess people voted. <laughs> it was like kind of mean now that I think about it. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember who won Mr. One year, they, they, like, they named it the Sam Costello Award one year. Like, oh, oh, man. Man. <laughs> I missed it, what? <laughs> Mr. Ugly Award was named the Sam Cassell Award. Yeah, it was bad. Like at the end of training camp, they gave out awards, but it was like it was like almost like superlative, but they were like insulting a little bit too. Like, well, yeah, but that's right. definitely one of them. <laughs> we would ask like Pat and Kevin Norton, they would have told you. Yeah, I forgot all about that. And was that <laughs> presumably Cassell was on the Timberwolves at the time? The coaches yeah. were there. Yeah, he was on the Timberwolves at the time. <laughs> the so I'm in the 03, 04 the season. <laughs> The coaches will be there while the world will watch again. <laughs> and oh. they'll be laughing too. If we didn't ask Coach Tyson last week, he would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm picturing like yeah. Michael Scott and the Dundee Awards type <laughs> thing where it's, not, it, it's meant to kind of be like a compliment, but it's also like a little rib. That was that, it. That the the award. <laughs> oh, that's great. Look up the history of who has won, but I'm having a hard time finding anything. <laughs> That's probably not something that media was privy to at that point. No, it oh my gosh. Oh no, not for that. I just mean Mr. Mankato like history. Oh, but no. next time we have a former a player as a yeah. guest, definitely make sure oh, yeah. we ask about now that. Now that we know now we know that, we're gonna drill drill deep yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So what uh Josh, back to you. What are some of your takeaways from camp thus far? Stuff that surprised you. 
Uh, I think we all know that the last three days of camp have been undesirable, at least from all the hubbub surrounding it. But what, what have you been surprised by in this training camp? Um, I don't know that it was uh, a surprise per se, but uh, Justin Jefferson looks fantastic. Like He looks every <laughs> bit as good as we saw last year and, and possibly better. Like, you know, when it's, when you have, you know, Patrick Peterson and other corners that just simply can't guard him, that is a good sign going forward. Um, and that and the fact that the D-line is just so bolstered with, you know, bringing back Sheldon Richardson, and now you got Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, Danil is back. You know, I think we're just going to see night and day difference on the defense compared to what we saw last year. Okay. The one that I have, and this also isn't groundbreaking, but it makes me feel good, is so most – most Vikings fans and then even some NFL entities are projecting a breakout year for Irv Smith. And that's predominantly because Kyle Rudolph is quote out of the way. He no longer plays here. Although I might, I think he might come back to finish his career. That's neither here nor there. He plays for the giants. So we have this utopian vision that Irv Smith is going to break out second round draft pick. This is the year to do it. Um, But I had the sneaking suspicion that Conklin is going to find a way to share those targets and that would leave Smith kind of in limbo um, purgatory where he is. I posted a statistic on Twitter last night that since 2019, which is when Smith came in the league, uh, both Rudolph and Smith per game get about three targets. And nobody can break out of anything when they get three targets per game. And if you look at some of the leagues, like the top 10 tight ends in the league, they get between seven and eight targets. Now that in training camp, it seems that Smith is doing enough, being focused on enough, even by this plethora of quarterbacks, the Cookuses. Um, it seems like Smith will be the guy. And if, if Conklin wants to get a couple, that's fine. But if we want to have this true uh, metamorphosis from Irv Smith, he's got to get the targets. And I, I, I'm starting to feel better that that's going to happen. Ron, you said earlier about it be the most Vikings thing ever for COVID to derail a Super Bowl caliber roster that's kind of how i feel like yeah we got this herb smith guy who's basically a muscular wide receiver but it's not going to do us a damn bit of good if we don't use him um, i'm starting to get the vibe that we will use him so i'm encouraged by that that's one of my favorite things about this camp uh what say you ron on this training camp through a week of it so i will actually you know kind of piggyback off of our initial topic regarding vaccinations and i think regardless of what happens during the season i think with Kirk missing so much time, like, because we all know like what Kirk is capable of. He's an accurate passer. He puts the ball where it needs to be. He has faults in his game. Sure. But accuracy is not one of them. So what I actually like seeing in a lot of these highlights that I'm seeing um, with wide receivers catching the ball and everything, they're not well thrown balls all the time. They're having to adjust midair. They're having to extend and do stuff that they might not typically be used to doing. So you're kind of, expanding on their arsenal um like you know the jefferson there was one with jefferson where he had to adjust to the ball come back and you know they were mm-hmm. i saw um the <laughs> comment was very moss like and seeing those things are, are okay maybe it was i see so much of it that who i knows, said i said randy-ish well the way okay. that he cut back for it and kind of right. it, yeah and, and those are things that you didn't see last year because he was being hit in stride they were like 
perfectly thrown balls. So I actually kind of like that. If nothing else, like maybe Kirk gets a little bit more gambler in him. Like, Hey, like pockets breaking down. I'm just going to throw it up there because now I have trust in these receivers to make those plays. So, uh, but again, more so just on the, the young receiving court minus stealing, like the rest of the receiving court is fairly young um, to kind of be able to see them in action, adjust to those balls. Uh, that, that to me was, uh, um, I know it's not the, the, like the best observation or whatever, but I enjoyed oh, I seeing like it because it's like, Oh, like, you know, you see uh, at Bears camp and Andy Dalton's throwing it way over guys' heads. And um, (laughs) so, you know, I think there's a little something that's telling about, you know, receiver that can make those adjustments. Another comment that flew under the radar because it happened right before the vaccination stuff blew up. Cousins was talking to somebody. I don't know if it was KFAN or some media outlet. And he said a self-diagnosis that he needs to run the ball more. And I don't think there's anything in the world that galvanizes more pro Kirk people and anti Kirk people than him tucking the ball and running. Even the naysayers say, see, that's what I want him to do right there. And he did that in Washington. He had more leeway to do it. He scored rushing touchdowns galore in Washington and nobody cares or nobody knows about it. So I think if he's telling the truth about that, that he actually will tuck and run, um, we'll have a little bit more modern feeling offense. And that's one of the odd uh, critiques of, Gary Kubiak's offense was that, well, yeah, it scored a bunch of points, but it didn't really look cool doing it. And I never, I never understood that one, but I think if Kirk's telling the truth that we'll see him tuck and run a little bit more. And I think that helps the enterprise Sally, two things, um, give us your takeaways from camp and then take us into the human interest segment. Well, I mean, again, to take you, I feel like all I'm doing is taking other people's take today. Uh, it, it is kind of harder, more difficult to evaluate with, uh, the quarterback situation, obviously. Um, and it will be, so wait, do we, so Kirk will be back tomorrow. So he will play in the scrimmage, right? Yes. And then he will play in the joint practices next week. Right. Yep. Okay. So I think obviously we're going to see a lot more next week, especially with playing up against opponents. Um, but overall camp, I mean, I think, um, I, the, the wide receivers, especially I'm impressed with, we talked about KJ and, um, Waff, we haven't seen too much from Didi, I don't think, but we actually, I think Didi was at Zimmer's house earlier, which is really interesting. I don't know why he would be over there, but he has a Snapchat of uh, Zimmer's front of his house. So. Probably getting vaccinated. <laughs> at the house? Zimmer's <laughs> probably giving him, giving him out on the side. Just <laughs> get over it. Yeah. Well, I hope, yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, so the wide receivers, that's been great. Um, hopefully we'll see more from the offensive line. Uh, but I agree I agree with what Josh said, too, about the defense. There's a lot to be excited about if we could just get over this drama. Um, yeah, that's an excellent point. There, I've, I've looked at this from every angle because I write so damn much about this team. I think there, you guys will probably scoff at this, but I think there's a reasonable chance that Cousins gets back tomorrow and this shit dies down. Like, you know, because we're, we're so ingrained in it right now. Like, well, what happens when he gets it in week 15 and we're, you know, in a playoff chase? That probably won't happen. There's a chance of it. But uh, as nasty as this virus, virus is, I don't think it's going to be every single day we're talking about who has COVID on the Vikings. I think it's just that this really blew up. And because it was the foremost leader on the team and he was scrutinized for it, uh, I think we're going to see a lowering of the temperature and we may not have an outbreak anytime soon. Uh, that could be a freezing cold take. We shall see. 
Um, let's hear the human interest segment. Yeah, I, ge- I genuinely hope that you're right. I'm a little more hesitant to <laughs> eat that just because of, you know, the virus is picking up in general. So, mm-hmm. and plus now um, the media seems pretty fixated on this and they don't normally let things go um, around here. But speaking of drama, I was thinking maybe everyone could discuss what is their most memorable past Vikings um, drama or schism that doesn't have anything to do with a contagious disease. <laughs> so, I know we have many to choose from. Um, the most, like the biggest part of Vikings drama. Well, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be trained. It seems like every year we have a storyline, like yeah. whether it's Adrian Peterson, whether it's um, far holding out of camp, uh, whether it's a love boat on a bye week. <laughs> out on Lake <laughs> I think that one's legendary. <laughs> oh, we've read we've read Wikipedia about you, sir. <laughs> Shout out, Fred Smoot. <laughs> uh, I think uh, mine isn't uh, a negative. Mine is <laughs> kind of what Joe John. Wait, can I say something? Yeah. Remember please. last remember last week when Coach Tice said he talked about the love boat. He said, but then we went on a winning streak. That was the whole purpose. And I told you guys that before. Yeah, yeah. Remember he, like, he said that. He said, yeah, but then we want to, uh, like, a seven-game winning streak. He even said it himself, but that was the purpose. It brought us together. Yeah. Oh, I missed him saying that. I'll have to listen to him. Go back and listen to him. Yeah. He, he didn't say all in the same breath. He said, well, you know, the boat incident. He said, but then we went on a, a winning streak after that. Yeah. He said in conversation. Yeah. Well, Remember, yeah. I said it before, too. I said, well, yeah, after that, we went on, like, a seven-game winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my uh my most memorable one isn't a negative one and it's kind of cliche it was the confirmation and monitoring of Favre coming for the first time like in the suburban or navigator whatever it was driving to the airport or children uh, yeah children we were, we were going to lunch and we were like we seen the um the jersey chain i forget who the quarterback was and we see he wore number four, and all of a sudden, in his locker was a different number. John we went David upstairs Rudy. for lunch. <laughs> we went upstairs for lunch, and the TV was on, and then following him like it was the OJ uh, OJ Simpson um, situation. <laughs> the helicopter was following the truck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. went apart. It was surreal. Yep that that's the one that would probably off the field stand out to me. But that that like had butterflies in my stomach as a twenty five year old. Uh, and then both the the Wiener incidents, the Wizenator with Ontario Smith was just so hilarious. And then and then right. the and then the, the fact crank a shank. Yeah, and then the fact when the when the news broke about Favre sending pictures of his oh, soft and- soft Wiener to a reporter, <laughs> that one was so bizarre from every masculine angle you can think of. Uh, so yeah, that one was strange. Those are memorable. I certainly. Don't. I thought you were going to allude to the to Vasante Shanko. That uh... oh no, that yeah. That, so there's three penis penises involved in uh, Vikings lore. Well, there's probably more, but there's three that we know of. So Sally, what to you? What's your most memorable? I want to hear Brian's response to all of those. First of all, what did you guys think when you saw this on TV? What was your reaction? Which one? So, Shank- the first one, the penis. No, <laughs> that was my mistake, though. <laughs> I knew the shingle thing was by mistake. Where <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of shocked. Like, <laughs> what? No, no, wait a second, wait a second. When you're eating lunch and you see on TV that Brett Favre is being followed to come to to Winter Park, what was your thought then? I just couldn't believe it. And then he and was ready. The- pre- you know, 
right after lunch, he kind of go to practice. He was right out at practice in the huddle, like ready to go. He was like, he got there, but we didn't know where he was at. We didn't see him. And then all of a sudden, he must was upstairs or whatever. And then we was already dressed, and we went out to practice. And they said, you know, he come walk out there too. We didn't see him right away. Like when he pulled in, we were up at lunch. I don't know where they took him, but we didn't see him right away. And then uh-huh. when the time for practice, he came out on the field. And you just went to work. That was it. He looked up at me because where we was at in the huddle, he was directly across from me. He looked up at me and I looked at him like, and he kind of like laughed. Cause I'm looking like, this is crazy. I guess he got a very my face expression like, what? Like, you know what I mean? And then he kind of like laughed. And then from there, it just, you know, went on. And I didn't know what to expect from him either. Cause you know, they was, you know, media puts things out, but it's not always accurate. Yeah. Act like he was a diva, but he's far from that. Sally, what's yours? Since uh, this is a great topic, by the way, what's yours? Well, I I wasn't prepared to answer. I was just prepared to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Josh, what's yours? You know, Dustin, you took like all of my favorites. So. <laughs> um, the most distinct one I can remember was a sad one of just I was listening to the radio when Teddy got hurt. And oh God, yeah. That was a real bad one because I love Teddy. And uh, when he got hurt, I remember listening to him on the radio, and you just you knew it was bad. So yeah, that's the most distinct one that comes to mind. Yeah, I remember I remember the news alerts from that, and just because we were such we were such a precious time with him, thinking that we were going to watch the progression of a third year quarterback in the the tell all year, and he was always so calm and money in the fourth quarter. And it felt like we were sitting on a gold mine. So I, they I just won the division. They came off winning the division the year before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow, we have had so many dramatic training camps. Every single one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to bring the mood down. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God, that one was devastating. Yeah. Ron, what's yours? Well, I mean, I guess to go away from the kind of the, the depressing ones, uh, you know, I'll actually go – uh, when we got Hutchinson um, and we added him because at the time that seven year, $49 million deal that he got, that was, that was strictly left tackle money. And they have a guard come in and make that to kind of set that standard. Um, it intrigued me because I obviously knew what a talent he was. Um, and I knew that that left side of the line that they had in, in Seattle with Walter Jones and him with Sean Alexander in the back, in the backfield, I was like, all right, well, now we got Mount McKinney and Hutchinson and at the time, Matt Burke. So it's like, all right, Minnesota moving companies back. So for me, that was, uh, um, it was, and it, for us, it was, we were, it seemed like we were never in like the big game free agency hunting up until right. that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and then it set off, a um, a trend, we got him and then obviously making the trade for Jared Allen drafting Adrian Peterson. Um, so that to me was kind of a big turning point in the franchise. Um, at least in terms of, uh, like being able to to go out and get free agents while they're in their prime, not the Warren Moons and <laughs> Brett Favre's that are, you know, you know, at the, the tail end of their careers. So Jim McMahon, um, yeah, 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 all of them. The, the laundry list is long there. <laughs> it's so. usually quarterbacks to retread them. Which uh, actually, if we were thinking about it, like I didn't even realize I did put two and two together that this weekend was the Hall of Fame induction and that they were doing last year's class this year. So mm-hmm. with Hutchinson going in, uh, BMAC, we should have tapped into you to. To, to try oh, to get reach out to him, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe now that he's in the Hall of Fame and things will maybe settle down a little bit, maybe uh maybe we can get him on in the next few weeks oh, or so. Uh, Sally, did you think of any, or are we going to sign off on a silent note? I mean, there's just so many. Let me see. Um, the Wiznator was a good one. 
um, I don't know, I'll go with Love Boat. I, Love Boat was a great bonding experience, like Brian said. It was such, it taught me a lot about um, extracurricular activities. Um, so I thank you for that. <laughs> and the winning. Water sports that I did not know at, at um, you know, that age. So. <laughs> yep, she was, she was, what was it? You said you were just graduating high school or getting um, close to it? That was what, 2005? 2005, yeah. I was senior in high school, yeah. So, put in my toolbox if you know what I mean. Yep. (laughs) McKinney's out here teaching life lessons on a boat. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Just proliferating them out in the world. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all we have for tonight. Uh, Next week, we will have, uh, I believe, a man named Dan who is from Purple Pain Forums. For some of you fans that might uh, interact on there, Dan knows his stuff. He's going to come on and talk with us. Josh, we appreciate you joining us. Good, sir. Um, hey, Josh. Yep, we'll have you back. Uh, let Sally know when you're available. Uh, we'll have yeah. you back. We'll have you back during the season, and hopefully we'll be talking about some sweet 7-1 and one record or something like that. We'll be in Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, so that's right. That's that easy tour going to that. All right, well, that's all we got for this week, and Skull Vikings. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.